Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to part three of our series, Heroes. Hey, this is the first time we're doing a live talk as The Forge uh, for about four or five months, so I'm super excited about that. And we're in our series, Heroes, and we all love a hero, don't we? Whether it's on the cinema screen, whether it's in a comic book, whether it's an individual that we know or maybe a part of your family, we love stories of heroes. We have some heroes around here. As Finn said earlier, we're in kind of like a temporary space at the moment uh, that we're currently reading designing, redoing, uh, in order that we can try and make the best space possible for our live stream services. And there have been a bunch of heroes who have made that happen. And if you're one of them, if you're watching uh, online, we are so, so grateful for you. Thank you for the time that you've been able to safely put in here uh, in order that we can deliver these services. But we love heroes. We love the ideas of people who, uh, who see the need and meet it. People who knew the price or know the price and they decide to pay it. We love those stories of the people who are the best of us. And it's true that 2,000 years ago, people loved heroes then as well. In fact, what we've been doing is going through an ancient document of heroes, uh, people who had particular spiritual significance that taught people how to live. And we've been kind of matching up some of those heroes with the heroes that we know and love today and kind of trying to find them as partners or, or similarities or whatever in order that we can go through those a little bit to find out how we can become heroes ourselves. And so here are a couple of people that we've looked through so far. Here's the first one, Abraham. If Abraham was a superhero, he would be Captain America, partly because he was known for his character before he was known for his power, partly because he has a big A on his head, uh, and also he was the first in a long line of heroes. Now, whilst Abraham couldn't kick bad guys six feet in the air, Abraham was someone who partnered with God in putting a broken world back together through radical hospitality and an inclusive character. So that's why Abraham was kind of super, and you can do that at home if you were someone who was radically inclusive and showed a hospitable character. But then last week we looked at a guy called Joseph, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, really well-known story. But Joseph would definitely be Spider-Man, teenage guy, probably wasn't particularly popular within uh, amongst his peers. And just like Spider-Man, uh, he found out that with great power comes great responsibility. In fact, with Joseph, we found that he was super because he remembered his identity and he was someone who remembered his identity, the place he was called to, and the values that God called him to uphold. And so Joseph was super for that reason. And we're going now to look at perhaps the most famous superhero of all time. Perhaps certainly the most recognizable superhero of all time. It's this guy, Superman. I mean, we all know Superman, the pants, the big S on his chest, the big red waving cape. Superman is definitely one of the most recognizable characters of all time. And if he was going to be one of these Old Testament historic heroes that we're going to be looking at, he would probably be Moses. And we're going to be looking at Moses a little bit later on. But the thing that these guys probably have in common is that they both show how to embrace a purpose that goes beyond themselves. And so we're going to be looking at how you can embrace a purpose because you do have a purpose that goes beyond just yourself. 
So Superman's story, if you've been able to go online on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and see some of Matt's 30-second superhero bios, you'll know a little bit about Superman. Most of us do. But Superman's story starts on the planet Krypton, and when it's at war, he's sent off in a little spaceship pod from his parents to escape, and it lands on the alien planet Earth, where it crash lands, but he's raised and adopted by two Earth uh, human beings, two parents. And as he grows up, he finds his power within. He finds out who he really is, and he uses it to fight injustice against the evil Lex Luthor. It's an amazing story, but actually it's one that probably comes from the story of Moses, this ancient story that we find in the Old Testament in a book called Exodus. And you might just think that we're trying to sort of grasp at straws here, but I challenge you, after the service, go on a search engine and just type in Superman and Moses, and you'll find link after link after link of people who have managed to find all of these different similarities between this superhero and this historical figure. Uh, in fact, it's probably thought that the two brothers that even wrote Superman probably were inspired by or wrote it in tribute to Moses. Now, Moses, who was born into this world at war, uh, these he Hebrew slaves that were oppressed and, uh, and taken advantage of by this oppressive land called Egypt and their oppressive leader called Pharaoh. And so Moses, to escape this genocide of Hebrew babies who were commanded to be thrown into the River Nile, gets put not into a spaceship, but into a basket that is pushed down the river and crash lands into a bed of reeds next to who else but Pharaoh's daughter, where he is raised. And as he raises, uh, gets raised up and finds out who his identity is and the power that he has, he uses it to fight the injustice, to try and partner with God in order that the Hebrews, the Israelites, would be set free from Egypt. It's an amazing story. It's a story, in fact, that's told time and time and referred to all the way through God's story with man that you can find in this library that we call the Bible. In fact, it's referred to even in the New Testament, in this book that we call Hebrews, where there is a chapter of superheroes. It was a letter written to Jewish believers who had always had this belief in these heroes, who had found out and discovered and bore into and believed this story of a Jesus who had died and risen again. And the writer of this book, we don't know who it is, was writing to the Hebrews and it was kind of telling them that these stories weren't in contradiction of Jesus's life, but they actually were the lead up to Jesus's life. It wasn't in contradiction, it was actually to complement Jesus's life. And so this is what it says in the book of Hebrews about this man, this hero called Moses. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the kings, who was the Pharaoh, his answer. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Now, often, if you're somebody who calls themselves a Jesus follower or a Christian or a churchgoer and you're used to reading the Bible, but even if you're not, we can read these passages, I think, almost like a comic book. I mean, we kind of skim the pages, we get the general idea, we get the general narrative and themes, 
but we don't really think for any moment about the significance of what that would have meant for a real breathing human being called Moses. I mean, Moses, think about it. He was the only person who looked like him of his age. Every other Hebrew boy was commanded to be murdered, and his lucky escape allowed him to be the only Hebrew of his age. And so growing up in this palace that was ultimately the palace, the palace that would have represented the oppression of his true people, within the riches and comfort of that, Moses was given a question. Do I live my life and embrace the comfort that has been handed to me, the luck that I've been given on this earth? Do I embrace the riches and the fame and all the joys that come with it? Or do I use what I've been given outside of my comfort, outside of my four walls to fight an injustice that I cannot escape from? Now, for us, just as we read a comic book, we think the answer is obvious. We just think, well, Moses is the good guy. Of course, he's going to do the good thing. Of course, he's going to fight the injustice. But actually, life isn't that simple, is it? In fact, actually, when you look throughout history, it would kind of suggest that Moses really did do the counter-cultural option. Just take the 20th century, for example, whenever people tend to be given the choice of comfort at the expense of other people's oppression, more often than not, people choose comfort. And that should make you feel uncomfortable, and it makes me feel uncomfortable, knowing that that tends to be my general proclivity. Just in the 20th century, when you look at the worst possible atrocities, when you look at the Nazi concentration camps or the gulags in the Soviet Union, it tends to be that even those who are once oppressed in those systems, when they're promoted to be guards, they tend to become the most brutal of those guards and they tend to add towards the oppression. I mean, even if you look at the psycho uh, psychology experiments that have happened since then, that have dug into why that is, whether it's Milgram's experiment, uh, experiment where he got normal people to see if they would send electrocutions into other people that they couldn't see just because someone told them to, they found out that actually people did because people tend to choose comfort and the norm at the expense of the oppression of others. Whether it was the Zimbardo prison experiment where they got normal people like me and you to be people who would oversee prison wards against other people and they had to shut the experiment down in just a few days because it just got so brutal. People tend to choose comfort at the expense of the oppression of others, often without even realizing it. And so when we take Moses, who was given every opportunity to embrace the greatest of comforts, what does Moses do? Well, let's read that passage in Hebrews again because it makes us realize how great a hero Moses really was. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, and we can apply this passage to us now, just imagine what this would look like for your life. It was by faith that maybe you could grow up and you can grow up and you refuse to be called the son of this world as Moses was refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. You are invited to share into the oppression of others rather than just to grasp fleeting pleasures that aren't even going to be there forever. You can go beyond yourself like Abraham did with his hospitality. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ. It is better to suffer for the sake of Jesus than to own the treasures of Egypt than to own the treasures of a corrupt world. For he was looking ahead to his great reward, something that would go beyond just 
him, something eternal, something that heaven offers. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. In a minute. (laughs) He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. You are invited to keep your eyes on the one who is invisible that invites you into a land of hospitality, of vulnerability, of authenticity, but of one that offers a land that cares for the oppressed, cares for those who are looked out on, that cares for those who are excluded, abused and abandoned. Now listen, God didn't need Moses. I mean, if Moses refused, God could have found somebody else. I mean, it was God's plagues that eventually persuaded Pharaoh to release the Israelites. And I mean, God didn't even need 10 plagues if he didn't want to. He could have just whisked them out of the land. But he decided to partner with a human being. Consider how amazing that is. Decided to partner with a human being. And from Moses' story, we can learn a lesson from him. That we can have a purpose that goes beyond just ourselves. Here are three things that Moses did to become a hero. Number one, he saw the injustice that existed beyond his own comfort. Number two, he stepped out his comfort, stepped out of his comfort to do something about his injustice or the injustices. And finally, he sacrificed his comfort to bring about a better world. He saw, he stepped out, and he sacrificed. He saw, he stepped out, he sacrificed, saw, step out and sacrifice. Let me tell you, for us, for me, for you, in the families that we belong in, in the communities that we are part of, in the small corner of the world that we live in, that we are responsible for, it can be so easy to see the injustices that are around. It can be even harder to step out into them and harder still to sacrifice our own comforts to do anything about them. But that is the faith in which we are invited into. You are invited into. What are the things that we are called into? Who are the voices that we need to speak for who can't speak for themselves? Is it the bullied? Is it the excluded? Is it the unborn? I mean, what are the things of this world that are so easy to forget where other people don't have that luxury? Is it the marginalized? Is it the corrupt company? Is it the modern day slavery that's fueled by well-known brands and pornography? Let me ask you, what are the things that you are invited into to change? What are the injustices that you're invited to see, to step into and to sacrifice something for, whether it's time, comfort, finance or whatever it could be? Moses did something unthinkable. He did what many of us wouldn't even dare to do. But just like our superheroes, like Superman, Spider-Man and Captain America or whoever it is, tend to look back on stories from the past, myths and legends from before. Moses' story actually looks forward to the greatest story. It's a story that looks ahead, that points towards the story of Jesus, the ultimate story, a God who saw a broken world, who stepped down into its very depths and sacrificed anything in order that people's relationship a broken relationship previously with God could be restored, that you can be renewed. Hey, if you call yourself a Jesus follower, 
Or if you're considering stepping into this faith journey, it is a faith journey that tells a story of how you were once a slave whose chains have been set free and you are invited into a mission just like Moses of freedom. Hey, let me ask you three questions. Number one, what is the injustice that you feel called to see, step into and sacrifice for? What is the thing that keeps you up at night? What is the thing that you know it's easy to turn a blind eye towards because it's easier just not to think about? What is it the thing that, what are the things that get you angry and you know that there are specific examples of that you can make a difference in, that you can change a lifestyle, change your life and step into that darkness for yourself to make a difference? What is the injustice that you feel called to see, step into and sacrifice for? Second question, where do you fear? that God might not come through for you. If you just think, what if I step into that and God doesn't honor that or God doesn't bless that or if I lose this and don't get this back, where is it that you think God won't come through for you? I imagine there were plenty of times where Moses thought just that. God, if you don't come through with this plague, if you don't come through with, with backing me up here, what's gonna happen? And that leads to my final question for you. Because the reality is if you do step forward to try and clean up or mend a broken world and partner with God in that, God will bless you for it. What is the one thing, the one thing right now, the one thing this week, maybe the one thing today, that you can do to take a step forward into trusting God? Maybe it's a two-word prayer. Maybe it's putting money where your mouth is. Maybe it's an email to someone to find out more. Maybe it's a recognition that there's a journey, a mission, an adventure that you've been putting off for quite a while that you should be starting all over again. I want you to ask those three questions because the reality is we're invited to step into the injustices of this world, to partner with God and put the world back together. I want to finish with a letter that was written by James, who was the brother of Jesus. And uh, that's an extraordinary thought already, but in the first chapter of his letter to early believers, the early church, James says this around what a Jesus-following religion or faith really means. He says this, if you claim to be religious, but you cannot control your tongue, if you claim to be religious and know all the words to say, but don't really do anything about it, if you claim to be religious, but, but you cannot control what you say or, or know what's right or see or step into, then, then actually your religion, uh, you're fooling yourselves and your religion is worthless. True and genuine religion to God our Father means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. It means being someone whose faith pushes them forward into acting in a way that goes against injustice. It's refusing to let the world corrupt you. It's looking out for people who are in distress. Let me ask you, does your faith look like that? Or maybe is that something that's been forgotten? For maybe some of you who wouldn't call yourself Jesus followers and you're watching on an interest, let me ask you, did you ever realize that faith could be that exciting? Did you ever realize that the mission of what Jesus offers could be so life transforming? Because you're invited into it as well. Let me pray for us as we uh, go towards the next part of our service, as we sing together.
Jesus, for many of us, you, we need to hear your voice again. And we need to remember the life that you call us into. One that calls us to abandon comfort. One that causes us to look intentionally out of our own four walls into the things that cause you to, uh, your heart to break. It causes us to actively make steps into that place. Not just subjectively looking at it, but actively being in the midst of it. And then sacrificing our own comfort in order to bring about something that goes beyond ourselves. Thank you for Moses and his example. All those thousands of years ago that we can still look back on and be excited by. Help us to recognize what could be the one thing that allows us to step forward into a relationship of trust with you. Amen. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the fort. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.